I'm Chase. And I'm Timothy. And this is Customer Service. Timothy, how are we doing, pal? Oh, I'm fine. Getting over a little bit of a whatever, a cold or whatever the hell. It's, yeah, I'm bro. getting over the fact that it has been... 70 degrees and then a foot of snow on the ground and then 70 <laughs> degrees again. So I, whatever call it, whatever you get by when that happens outside, I'm getting over whatever that is. I get pissed every time it happens. Every time, dude, but this is every year. It's I feel like it is way. bleeding further and further out at this point. I mean, when it gets to be like April, it, it, it's, it's, feeling a, it's feeling a little aggressive. Well, bro, last year my mom and sister were slated to come out and visit first week in May and we got that foot and a half of snow. Yeah, it's it's too many. It's too many. I'll also mention it killed all my uh, apple tree blossoms, so I had no apples last year because of that snow. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. You'll just have to go to a grocery store where <laughs> <laughs> apples are made. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, today on the podcast, we have d- new friend Chris Fenimore on. My boy. Yeah, he is a photographer. He does a great feature five fits it's where he like kind of features one person they do five fits that are important to them i think he's really great at like kind of capturing what's personal about style and fashion in in a photo he's 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 in you know he's he's been doing this a long time i mean like i feel like i've known him without knowing him for or been adjacent to what he's been working on for a long time so it was really cool to connect talk for a while he was actually out here this is a rare in-person interview podcast so that was really fun Kind of brings a little bit of a different energy, and it was uh, yeah, it was really fun to like you know tap in with him. And I mean, he shot you. How did it go? Oh, he's he's yawning. <sighs> Look at him go. I'll have to okay. cut that out. Uh, it was great, dude. In, it instant homies, instant homies. Yeah, he's I, a good dude. I felt very comfortable with Chris. Yeah. That's my boy. So shout out, shout out, you, Chris. Thank you uh, for coming to. Yeah, well, and you'll have to keep. I'm sure by this time we'll have posted some of the pictures and everything too, so you yeah. have to take a look at those. Um, but definitely check him out too. Great photographer, like I said, it just is able to capture something that that's beyond just a street style picture. It feels a lot more personal. And yeah, for I think sure. It's what makes what he does really special. For sure. But I think we get into all that with him. So w- I think let's not let's not wait any longer. Let's jump right in with with uh, with Chris here. Yeah, let's hop right in and show some love. All right, let's go. You're from you're from Brooklyn originally, right? I'm from South Brooklyn. Yeah. Born and raised. Born and raised. My parents still live there. Um, I used to have a super thick accent and. When I was like going to high school, I decided I was going to ditch my accent. Really? And so I would like you just like taught yourself to not have it. Yeah, I would like take different words and be like, "fork." It's a fork. Yeah. Fork. <laughs> dog. Dog. Can you slip back into it? I don't know, bro. Can I? Oh, yeah. Bro. <laughs> so <laughs> you you feel like you can like you can, like like for example, I feel like if I go home and I'm around my dad long enough, he's got a little bit of like this. Indiana's like its own other like. It's an accent, but I don't even know how to explain it. Mm. It's just, it's like you're not from the South, but that's just the way they talk. You know what I yeah. mean? I think it's blue collar would be like. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, like just it's blue, a blue yeah. collar way I mean, of there's, there, there yeah. is like in Brooklyn and Long Island, it's definitely like fairly, it can be fairly blue collar depending on where you're from. Like the part I'm from is, is like definitely more like Italian American. It was yeah. Italian American like mafia kind of. Um, it's changed a lot. But uh, yeah, I mean, if I'm around people from like Long Island, because now I live in Long Island and uh, they, they where I'm at on the North Fork, people don't really have, they have like this weird, like it's closer to like a California accent than it is New York. It's very weird. Interesting. Interesting. But you do meet people that have like straight up Long Island accents and like mine will come out a little bit. Yeah. But I kind of, I kind of got rid of it altogether. It's kind of crazy. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't, I never thought that you could just like turn it on. I mean like obviously you can't cause people teach themselves to like not have accents mm-hmm. or you know what I mean? I yeah. guess, but like I've never <laughs> thought about having to like t- tamp it down. I mean, yeah. to be honest, I thought, I guess I thought it was like low class and I was like going to the school in, in Manhattan and I was like okay this is my chance to reinvent myself to reinvent interesting yeah. and it's definitely not you're just from where you're from but I mean I I, I think I prefer to talk the way I talk probably yeah. I mean I don't like the sound of my own voice but I like I think yeah, I like yeah. Nobody I, does. Yeah. All, every voice sounds bad every your own voice no matter who you are Doesn't does matter. not sound good totally yeah so what, what was it like growing up in like, so you said you went to school in Manhattan. That's, do, do you feel like, I don't know, is there anything interesting there? Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's a common question, but like, you know, being from the Midwest, it's like, oh, somebody who grew up in New York, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I went to a Jesuit military school in the city um, and that sounds intense, but it, it actually was incredible because the military part, you know, you do for the first six months, everybody was required to do that. And then after that, if you don't want to do it, you didn't have to. So it gives you this like rigorous thing to begin your 
you're kind of schooling there and if you don't like it, you don't have to do it. Um, and I did not like it and I did yeah. not do it, but, uh, Jesuits are like, I don't know how much you guys know about Jesuits, but they're like this like subsect of priests that are like super philosophical and like intellectual mm-hmm. and they don't just like read the Bible. I'm not religious anymore, but I, I grew up religious. Yeah. Um, and they have a very interesting way of looking at things logically and rationally. And it just changed my perspective on a lot of things. Interesting. Uh, and yeah, one of them was like the head of like anime club and I was in nerd alert. I was in anime club <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Friday afternoon, 4 PM, like a delightful time to, to watch anime <laughs> with the other nerds. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was like, it was like, I didn't know priests liked anime, like gory, weird anime. Yeah, yeah. Um, but going to school in Manhattan was amazing. I mean, I, you know, just to do the commute, was like a thing that I think probably like yeah. ages you a little bit, like matures you a little bit. Oh, for sure. Um, taking the train into the city, like being in Manhattan with other, other kids your age yeah. is really cool. Um, and then I thought the people that I went to school with, there's something about that school that like breeds like exceptional people. Like mm-hmm. they, it's all boys. Sorry. I left that part out too. Oh wow. All boys. So really How interesting. How long were you there for? Uh, four years, high school. Four, four, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. High school. Um, and yeah, I had like incredible teachers. Like one of my favorite teachers was this guy, Matt Thomas. He ended up writing like a, a novel that did very well here actually. Uh, like made a lot of money, a big advance. Um, just a really good person. Like he was showing us like Mulholland drive, like senior year yeah. in our oh, yeah. writing class, yeah. like really great, like movie lists. Like we watched LA confidential. Like just, he had a list of stuff where he was like, you need to watch these movies. Yeah. yeah. The books we were reading were incredible. Um, I had a fantastic high school experience. Were I don't you know. guys good at sports? Yeah, pretty good. I like, I tried out for baseball freshman year and I like, I was decent at baseball. Like I probably could have made the team, but I ground ball, like went through my legs. Like the first time I like got on the field Ugh. and then my confidence was just completely yeah. shot. Yeah. And I just never went back and tried again. And I should have, I should have tried out the next year. So yeah. I didn't play there. And then basketball, I wasn't good enough to make the team. I didn't even attempt to try out. Okay. Okay. Um, but they were the, the thing that we had actually was rugby, huge rugby team. No uh, kidding. Yeah. Be like very good. Like state wide huh. like they were like champions yeah interesting yeah the we played a jesuit school in ohio mm-hmm. in tennis and no exaggeration i've never gotten my ass whooped harder or faster than by that tennis team and i think the whole we all felt it That's so funny. i wasn't sure if it just translated across just i don't know i mean definitely like i think that was the case with our rugby team i think our football team was decent i don't know about basketball and baseball i think in general they were pretty good at sports just generally yeah. good yeah yeah yeah, but I don't think I think rugby is the one though that like they were known for. Like the I think our coach went on to coach the U.S. national rugby. Oh God, yeah, Whoa. so yeah. crazy, pretty crazy, yeah. So how do you go from like then what did you do in college? Because how did you get from here to photography? Well, okay, so college it's funny because I my college was four blocks from my high school. So I ended up living uh, at my parents still and like just going to the same neighborhood over and over again, which is kind of ridiculous. for for. Eight plus years. Eight plus years in like the most formative eight plus years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I went to college not knowing exactly what I was going to do. I was on Tumblr. Menswear Tumblr was becoming a thing. Of course. And I wanted to be a part of it. Um, and I, you know, I just started following various people's blogs. The same time, I, you know, having that creative writing teacher that was really amazing, I started to think maybe I want to be some something in the English world, uh, mm-hmm. something literature related. And so... In my mind, I was going to be a writer of some sort. Um, I was in college for, you know, it's a liberal. It's, I went to the new school, and uh, okay, yeah. that's what it's called. Yeah. And there's like Parsons for fashion and uh, Manis for like jazz and music. And then, you know, I was at the liberal arts one trying to do the literature thing. Um, I took a couple courses on photography, and th- I had A's across the board in college. And the only two classes that I had poor grades in were those. I had like a C minus in one and like a, a B in the other or something yeah, yeah, like, yeah. and the guy just told me like, he's like, you're not very good. And I don't yeah. know if that like, <laughs> I don't know if that fueled me to be good yeah, uh, or to try to be good at least. Um, but at the same time while I was in college and I was doing that, I was also like, you know, I was talking to um, Alex Delaney. I know a friend of you guys um, talking yeah. to him through Tumblr and a couple other guys that I, I kind of became friendly with. And then I was just trying to do street style. Um, and I, I did it outside of like this capsule show in, in New York yeah. and I shot Lawrence Schlossman who, you know, mm-hmm. has that huge podcast now yeah, yeah. Th- throwing fits. Um, but at the time he was running four pins and four pins was like this, this weird mentor website that, you know, nothing like this had existed really. And I wanted to be a part of it. And so you know, I took a photo of him. I tagged him on Tumblr or whatever. He like responded and, and sent a message and we started talking and I, I told him I wanted to shoot for him and he's like, yeah, bro, we got no fucking budget. So <laughs> super free if you want, bro. Yeah. And I did. I was like, yeah, sure. I was like hungry. I was like 21. Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, of course yeah. I love to shoot for four pins. I'll yeah. do it for free. 
I'd take nine hours of my weekend and, yeah. <laughs> and spend it shooting for free. Um, and I was running around New York City doing street style while I was in college, and I was like kind of getting a little bit of a following. Mm-hmm. And uh, the photos, like, I go back and look at them sometimes, like, they're not good photos, but like, you know, I was just shooting a lot of people in New York that were kind of in that. Mm-hmm. That world of like menswear blogging, it was like just magazines were popping at the time. Like it was just it was an interesting place to be in, um, and it was you know, I remember at the time thinking like I hope the average guy, I wish the average guy cared about what he looks like, and now they do, and I'm like I take it back. I'm sorry, never mind. Oh, like, <laughs> oh. the pants are yeah. so skinny, man. Like yeah. The, the, yeah. everything yeah. is so tight. These guys that were calling like me gay in high school, like yep. like like suddenly their clothes now are like ten times tighter than like their their girlfriends or yep. or, or wives or. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So that's how I kind of started to get into photography. I, I was just doing it to, to kind of be a part of that menswear world. And yeah. then it kind of kept snowballing. Um, not to talk too much, but I started working at a place called Carson Street Clothiers in the city. Oh, um, yeah. I haven't thought about that place. That was a great store. It's an incredible store. Yeah. And I really, again, I really wanted to be a part of it. You know, I heard murmurings through like Tumblr that yeah. the store was going to open in the middle of the city. And I was working at a billabong at the time while I was in college. And uh, I kind of was working my way up at billabong. I was like a manager of uh, yeah. of the store on 34th yeah. Street. I worked in the Times Square one. Shift was 4 p.m. to 1 a.m. Damn. So crazy. I'd get up and Bill go to class. Keeps, Wait, what time would they close though? 12, midnight. Wow. So they were open. They were open until midnight? Oh, yeah. And, you, pe- and you would be surprised. People were coming in. I was in. just going to say, what's the 10 p.m. to 12 p.m. crowd? What's that you like? You need board shorts at 11 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. Drunk people. That too. They were open at like 10 in the morning until midnight. That store had so many like people in and out of it like employees like it was it was a yeah. machine dude huh. um but i was working there and i heard you know car street was opening and i got a hold of one of the founders emails brian Trenzo, because he was friends with lauren schlossman and um i sent this like ridiculous embarrassing email about how i really wanted to be part of it and i'm and yeah. blah i have a blog and yeah. I, I take photos and i write and i i've been working retail and i can do it i can yeah. do it i can work at your store and i can be a part of it and he kind of like brushed me off but never told it told me no so yeah 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 persistently I kept kind of like emailing every month or two just to kind of see where they were at. And finally he, he called me in and he was like, listen, man, I can offer you an internship. And I was like, this is the internship pay. And he said, no. And this time I was like, listen, I finished college in a year. I'm working a job right now. Like I can't not make money. Yeah. Um, and I, I, whatever conversation he had with the other owner, they ended up bringing me in for an interview. Um, I don't know if you guys watch Seinfeld. There's like that yeah. episode where like George is like trying to like embed himself in this girl's head and he like leaves like a clock or thing and he goes like yeah. co-stanza. Like I felt like I was like fan anymore and I was like yeah, just yeah. kind of like slowly. <laughs> they were like, all right, man, like yeah. we'll give you a fucking job. Yeah. Um, and I was working retail and then, you know, they let me like write some copy and take photos for the blog. And then eventually, you know, they, they told me they would give me a job after I finished college and they actually did. And so Good I was like shit. associate e-com director. They brought in, a more experienced photographer to to show me how to shoot like product shots with like lights and stuff, Mm -hmm. um, which I never liked, but uh, it was really amazing that they actually took the time to do that. They bought me the gear to use and that was a huge job and I learned a lot. I met a lot of people in in and around menswear. They took me to Europe for the buy trips and uh, just like countless invaluable experiences I owe. Would you shoot like street stuff while you were on the buy trips and stuff too? Yeah, I would do it all. I was shooting street style like for Carson Street. Then for a a minute I was like splitting. I was doing some street style for another. uh, I was doing some for four pins, doing it for grilled. I was like bouncing around with the street style. Yeah. Um, I don't like, I don't know how to explain to people when we talk about like clothes and shit, like how important that time was. Like, mm -hmm. and I think it's gone to be honest with you. Not, not street style in general, but the outside of the trade show situation was such a thing. Like I would be nervous a little bit to go when I, and I like, I smoked cigarettes for real, not just casually at the time. (laughs) So, so I'd have to, I'd have to go out there and be like, I don't want to do this is like a whole thing. (laughs) I mean, and it's like, and I was more, I was there to work. Um, and it was like, it was just such like a, a crowd and a scene. And like, it was a whole other, that's how you met people. You know what I mean? Like a lot of, a lot of connections I made and still talk to and use today. were literally from just standing outside of those things. You know what I mean? So it's crazy that like, and I feel like it's a it's a world that's completely gone, and it and like was mostly documented on Tumblr, and that's where it existed. And it's like yeah. I don't know where you go to even like show people. I feel like at some point there's going to be this like renaissance of all these photos and everything coming back of being like, oh, this was such a thing at the time, especially for menswear. Um, I'm sure it existed to a certain extent in women's wear, but it was definitely a thing in menswear. At the no, time. I mean, there's, um, you know, I'm uh, very friendly with Tommy Tan, who's obviously yeah, like a famous course. street style photographer and he's putting a book together and I think it's going to be a little oh, bit, shit. a little Hell bit yeah. of that, a cool. little compendium of that. I would probably like to do something like that one day. I'd like to put totally. a book out. Um, and I mean, you know, I do this five fits thing with Esquire that I've been doing for 
like 11 years. Like I started on my blog, I called it Medius Res. It had the same name on four pins and then on Grailed. Um, and then now I do something very similar for, for Esquire. And I started it a long time ago because I wanted to do it. But now I feel like it's the kind of content that doesn't really exist anymore that I really would yeah. like to see more of. Totally. Um, I like to see real people's style. I like to like hear from real people about what they're into and what they do and why they think clothes are cool or why they, you know, choose to put things together the mm-hmm. way they put them together. And I, I just don't see a lot of that anymore. And why do you of, think that is? Cause I, think, I agree. I totally agree. It's I think strange. it's not, even though it is interesting and it's interesting yeah. to people like us, like the average person doesn't really care. I think that that has to be part of it. Um, and I think that it's just publications have, have changed what, they respond to, like they respond to people. They respond to their audiences as much as like they they direct their audience. Like they respond even mm-hmm. more than they direct. And so like I think people are so interested in these clickable things. I don't know. Like it's 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 also like a chicken or the egg. Like one one publication started doing these like top ten blah 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 the, yeah. the top twenty five pieces to buy this winter, and then all yeah. of a sudden the other one started doing it, and this one started doing it, and it kind of becomes the way content moves. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I just don't see. A lot of stuff like this. I mean, that's not to say obviously people aren't doing like good journalism, but I just yeah. think it's 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 fewer and further in between. Uh, it doesn't feel as well curated as it no. used to. Certainly, yeah. I think that maybe that's part of it too. Perhaps there aren't as, as many like editors that are really talented editors. Not to shit on the whole industry, <laughs> but um, I think there is something missing. I don't exactly know because I don't really see a lot of the inner sure. workings of these things. Um, but you know, there's like a uh, I don't know if you guys know him, Clayton Chambers. You. Just yeah, did a yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just yeah, did a yeah, pod yeah. with him, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I meant to listen to it. I haven't listened yeah. to it yet. Um, you know, Spreza is cool. Um, yep. I think he's doing the kind of content that, you know, it's blending together a bit of both. Like he's doing totally. some stuff where it's like, you, here's the things to buy. But like, I think the more things get vague in general, the more people are going to start hunting for really interesting, unique perspectives yeah, from people yeah. they trust, from sources they trust. And I know that's something Clayton talks about too. Um, and so, I think there's always hope, you know, there's always like a little bit of like an inflection period. And, you know, I think things went a little more general and boring and, and I think they're starting to come back to like, you know, out of that, a lot of people are going to start writing and, and throwing out their perspectives. Yeah. Adding to the conversation. Well, it's very interesting that like, like what we were saying, it's like, it went away from this being more like personal. I mean, I think that's what was so cool about street style was it was like, those are people's actual clothes, you know? And it was a much less like, because I don't think influencer marketing had quite become what it is now, it didn't feel phony at all. It felt like this was shit people were actually putting up for. And that's what I like about yeah. your series a lot is it very much feels like it doesn't feel like bullshit. You know Thank what I mean? You. It feels yeah. like people's actual clothes. Yeah. And I think that's what's like, it's so much more interesting to see people's personal style than it does when it's like, because it's weird. I mean, when you think about it, that like influencer marketing is what it is, which is basically like real people showing how they interact with the product. Now it's advertising to a Very certain transactional extent, still but, it, but it's yeah. also meant to be extremely personal and like real at the most it can be at least. And then you have, but, the, but then there's been like a, a move away in fashion to being more of like, just like it doesn't feel, it feels like it feels like pure advertisement. It doesn't feel as real like the stuff you're doing. So it's like really interesting that like, even though it's obviously what pe- what is in demand, I wonder why on earth it also isn't in demand when it's more professional. I don't know. I don't either. I mean, I think uh, that street style thing is a huge thing too. Like the last time I shot in Europe, I think now it's been like three years, but the last time I went, it was just the, the parade of people like outside of shows, people that aren't going to the shows. And that's, you know, it started to become a thing before that. But that last time that I went and I know it's 10 times worse now. Yeah. There is just a thing that changed with this like publicity. And I used to love Instagram. Um, and frankly, if I didn't, use it for work. If I didn't still get business through it, I would love to get rid of it. Um, I really like the motives, the incentives, like it can gross you out. It grosses me out at least. Um, and I wish that there was a little bit of that, like artistry that was in it to begin with. Um, and a little bit more of the like community. And I think, I'm not a fan of like everybody kind of trying to get over on each other. And I mean, New York is a social climbing place too. That's always been a thing again. Like these things are not new, but I just think social media is kind of like aggravating that part of the, the absolutely the stream. I don't know. Yeah. hundred percent dude. Well, it's like, I don't know why Tumblr, for example, felt so different. I don't know if it was because it was so much more like a group of very particular interested people sort of like banded together, well, I, but it was harder to band together on that platform than it is elsewhere. So I'm not sure why, you wouldn't see like someone's followers, right? I'm trying to remember. That's like true. you don't oh, see stuff like that. Like, yeah. saw, it was just posts, really. Yeah. 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 It's just posts. And I mean I think this is part of why 
uh, Substack is having a, a thing to a bit of a totally. moment. Like, you know, people are getting to write on there and yeah, I think it shows followers, but like there is like a level of the content that most people are turning out on there that, yeah. that feels like authentic and it feels even like, I don't know. I feel like you found something, right? Like I think totally. maybe that's what was happening with Tumblr too. There was like a little bit of like, I found this thing. I found this blog. Yeah. yeah. Um, Oh, the discovery was, yeah. Discovery and like, even like the curation for yourself of like kind of the things that you follow and the, and the people you follow and your, your homepage and your feed. And even like, that's something that Instagram kind of ruined by making the feed this thing that has like a lot of ads in it. It has to be branded. It has to be specific to you. It has videos that like you might like based on the stuff you have watched. And like, yeah, maybe sometimes I want to see a fucking sea otter holding a lantern uh, yeah, yeah, spinning yeah. around in a circle. But like most of the time I don't. I just want to see the post that you posted. I want to see yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. the thing my friend posted, the article he wrote or something. Yeah. So that has, yeah, not been great. <laughs> I think the transparency has made it a little less dreamy than it used to be. And it used to be like, I always talk about like, I think it's so kind of, I mean, it's, it's kind of, I guess I know the reason why, but it's kind of strange that like for so long via Tumblr and everything, you'd see, you'd see a trend happening and then everyone would sort of have like the same kit and that was kind of cool. Like it was fun. No one was ever like, Oh cool. You, you and I both have the raw jeans with the fucking fly nets yeah, or whatever yeah. the fucking stupid thing was. And you'd be like, this is cool. We're cool. We know, we know, we like the, the same together. stuff. Yeah. And now suddenly it's so anti that it's so like, as soon as somebody else likes it, you're off of it. And it's, it moves way too fast now, in my opinion. I mean, I keep hearing people throw around this, like gatekeeping thing i'm so anti-gatekeeping i mean i get it to an extent especially if you're like uh, like really like an actual famous person and like sure. if you post a t-shirt that you can only get one place and then everybody runs and gets it i get that but i know some people who are like i'm gatekeeping and i'm like I, gatekeeping what like i you know if you ask me where my jeans are from i'm gonna tell you where my jeans are from because yeah. like yeah. i i don't give a shit I, I i wear these jeans differently than you're gonna wear these jeans if you want to wear these jeans too 100 get them well i think that's what inter- that's what's interesting about the, the five fits thing is like it allows the people to just like it's not it, it, like you said, it's if, if he wears a pair of jeans and I wear a pair of jeans and you wear a pair of jeans, they're all the same ones. We're all going to fucking do it differently. Mm-hmm, like yeah, it's I'm not going to look the same, but now we can all be like, cool. We all have the same stuff and now we have something to talk about. And I sort of, I weirdly, I don't know if it's just, I'm, you know, being dreamy about it myself, but I just, I miss that era where it, fashion didn't feel quite so yanked apart. Like it feels so personal and I, and it's always been personal, but it just doesn't feel, I don't know. There's not as the camaraderie around it that yeah, there used to that be. That word just popped into my head when you said it. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah, I don't know if I have a theory. Let me think about it. I don't know. I don't know what the, we 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 brought it up a lot. Just to try we to talk like, about. We a lot. keep digging at it, but like I don't because I, I think a lot of people, especially from that generation that was coming up during that like Tumblr time, you know what I mean? It, it just it just felt a lot more. It felt a lot. It felt a lot different than it does now. I mean, there I, were definitely less options. Younger. I think in general, fair, yeah, for. Uh, I don't know. I mean, obviously there's always been like a bunch of brands, but there is just so much now. Mm-hmm, there yeah. is so much. Uh, I don't even and like too much. There's too many brands, honestly. Um, like a lot of people are just trying it and I mean, respect, you gotta, you gotta try, yeah. you know, if it's going to work or not work. Um, but there is so much available to you as a, a fashion fan that, uh, it can be overwhelming. And I think that's why sometimes people hold on to the things that they find and they want to keep it special and, and unique and, and maybe they don't want other people to know about it. But, it just doesn't matter to me. Well, you know, and it, look, it's a theory and I don't know. We'll see if it proves out or not in our business. But like we, I've had this theory and Chase and I have definitely shared it of like trying to bring back the community element of everything of being of like keeping like our the fans of this stuff all in one place and talking and like because I actually think I don't know if you felt the same way, but even through the Tumblr thing, it wasn't really all about like people shitting on each other or anything. It was very like kind of positive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, it was, there was still shit talking and stuff, but it was fun. It was like, it, it was felt fun. very like friendly and like, you know, camaraderie. It felt yeah. like, it felt nice to be a part of something bigger than yourself. I mean, it, and that yeah. doesn't really like, it just, it just really feels like uh, most the stores and the brands have really lost that essence now. And it's become so much more about individuality and trends and where you get placed. And it just, I think the business has come into it too much to the mm-hmm. point where it's like, it, it's, it's lost the feeling of the feeling, the reason to buy these clothes is obviously first and foremost, there, there's a certain quality, there's a certain level of dedication and, and mm-hmm. artistry that goes into everything. That's level one. Level two is you buy into something bigger. It used to be that like when you bought into any of those trends of the salvage trend, the fucking when everyone was wearing like 
Mocto Red Wings. Yeah, yeah any yeah. of that stuff. When you bought into it, you bought into a community, and that was there for you too. And whether yeah. you used it or not, it's its own thing. But like, it felt like you were being you were part of something bigger. When you saw two guys on the train that were kind of dressed the same, you're like, oh damn, we're yeah, 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 we're, yeah. we can be homies. Yeah, we got something to talk about right away. It felt like felt like it did when we were in like middle school and stuff. And two guys, you'd, you'd both go get the same pair of Jordans and be like, yeah. awesome, yeah, you know, yeah. like. And it just, I, I kind of wish that I just, I just wish that would come back a little bit. It's, I mean, something we've been trying to like find ways to make happen inside of our business of like we can still be big we can still grow we can still introduce brands we can still promote individuality but also be like there's also this huge other aspect of it where it's like come hang out with us come be a part of our digital communities podcast discord style forum whatever it is and it's so much bigger and friendlier and it's not about like everyone wanting to be themselves and shit on each other which i think is a lot of like what that stuff what what started to happen i mean i just saw clayton did like an event again clayton of spreads like did an event in like london and i think he said you know he had like 60 people come out or something i think people are hungry for that sort of stuff too um doesn't really happen in New York anymore, and there used to be a ton of that stuff. Totally, um, you guys should come to New York and do something in a bar. Just tell people to meet meet up at a bar. Yeah, oh, you know we, we we didn't have time for it last time we were in, but that was what we were going to try to we do. We were just, just going to be like, hey, we'll post out. it up here for the yeah, next yeah, six yeah. hours. Yeah, yeah, come through yeah. and do yeah. that. I'll be there, and yeah, yeah, we'll, okay, do, we'll it do it. We'll do it, next time. we'll do it next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's like it's exactly that. Is it just doesn't feel as community oriented as it used to? Yeah, that's kind of a bummer because it just felt like that was such a that was the advantage of being into this stuff. And now that everyone knows about. I mean, like it used. I mean, the idea of me when I first started carrying capital at my other store, meeting anyone else who knew what that was. Yeah. I mean, it was so few and far between. It really was. That was a yeah. that was a like real heads no kind of brand. Yeah, 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 yeah. And now I feel like every sixteen year old kid comes in and knows what it is that yeah. lives here in Boulder. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. crazy that like it's it's expanded that huge. And I think that's obviously Instagram. That's obviously social media allowed everyone think, to become think, uh, interested. Place, I used to work at Grailed, and they probably had a big hand in that too. There was oh, a lot of, of like yeah, capital yeah, yeah. promotion. Yeah. I mean, I think between social media and then Grailed happening, where you could you didn't have to. I mean. I am still an eBay seller and have been for e- since I was a kid. But like, the Grailed allowed it to be curated, allowed the same kinds of like stuff to exist in one place, and allowed people that are you know, you know, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen year olds, they they were getting into clothes for the first time and able to afford stuff that you wouldn't be able yeah. to ever afford otherwise. And I think it really allowed people. I mean, I think maybe that's the answer is that like the community didn't it didn't go away. It just it got so fucking big that so like fast. I don't know where I don't even know where you enter it at this point. You know, I mean, it's just that's enormous. And then I think there's so many like you see it in any f- community. I've seen it for years. There's like this hive mind stuff that happens because you'll I'll hear of a trend that somebody will bring up or he'll hear of like on style for me. Like I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like that that I haven't even thought about that brand or that thing in, yeah. in eons. Why yeah. are they circling around this suddenly? You know what I mean? So it's it's really interesting to see how huge all of this has gotten from a place where it felt like maybe there was forty people 40 relatively influential people on tumblr at one point doing it yeah and that was it and it was also interesting back then too because i remember following like i still remember like religiously following certain tumblers of guys that like certainly don't do this anymore you know what i mean but at the time they they had you know the funds to buy a handful of things and they were the ones posting about it and i knew everything about their personal life but i have no idea what they're doing now they weren't like actual like guys in the industry or you anything. knew like the newest common projects they got yeah, yeah, what yeah, they styled yeah, yeah, yeah. it with <laughs> yeah, you know yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and you're like how did the fuck did you get those 300 dollars shoes as if that was something so outrageous did you order them or did you go somewhere yeah i was i was walking into the cafeteria in college probably like 2014 and some kid was walking with like sunglasses and a pair of momotaro, momotaro jeans on and i was like oh bro are those momotaros and like, he all but like spit in my face and i was yeah. like yeah. I just liked your jeans, dude. I thought yeah, you had yeah. cool jeans. I just wanted to talk about it. I wanted you to see the jeans I had on. Do you yeah, see yeah, the ones yeah. I have on? Yeah. I work at the Red Wing store, dude. I can hook you up, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, at one point, that would have been, that was, that was prime you currency. You want Iron Rangers, bro? I'll yeah. give you Iron Rangers. Yeah, 20% off, dude. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, no problem. Come on through. My um, boss isn't there. One of the things that, that uh, my first boss, Brian Trenzo, he roasted me, the one of the co-owners and co-founders of Carson Street. Um, I think I asked him, on a post on Tumblr, if his blazer was Lubium, which is like LBM 1911, which was mm-hmm. popping at the time. Like I used like the full fucking name. Yeah, and he yeah, was yeah, always yeah, like, yeah. so he's always like that Lubium. Like he, yeah. he still roasts me to this day. Um, really funny stuff. I don't know. I mean that, that's a whole, I mean that whole world. I, I never really like, I mean, I knew enough about it, but never got like into like the suiting world, especially at that time. And oh, that I was did. like serious. Oh, business. I did. And I was like, I was just like a 22 year old, like getting drunk in a fucking tie. I'm like, all yeah. right. <laughs> It's a little dumb, but like I, I, I had a, a suiting phase 
And then that phase went away. And then I had like a high fashion phase. And then that kind of faded away too. And then I moved somewhere that's kind of rural and like, you know, I'm still in the city. I still care about style, but it definitely like, there's been like a little bit of a readjustment for me with like personal style in general. Um, I'd say I'm starting to put on blazers again. You know, I go into the city, it's especially you're in, you're, you know, you're in locked up during the pandemic and you come out of it. And it's like, for me at least, I want to look just a little bit better when I go out in Mm -hmm. public. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I say that right now, sitting here in a t-shirt, but now you look great, bro. Thanks. That's also hot again. That doesn't yeah. count. Yeah, it's hot. Yeah, that's true. goes out the window as soon as it goes above eighty. Yeah, exactly. That's totally true. What's your relationship with like personal style or like fashion in general as a photographer? Do you feel like it's different than like how people that are in the industry on the other side of like buying or something? Like, is it different to you, or do you think that's like always been a huge interest, always been part of what you do, or is it like it's a secondary thing? I think it's a huge, no, I think it's always been a huge thing for me just because even just coming out of the Tumblr world, like while I was taking photos, I was still like blogging about stuff I was wearing. Yeah. I was, I was blogging about clothes that I was into. I was yeah. blogging about clothes that I, I would never buy. I didn't have the money to buy, yeah. mm-hmm. um, but I thought, you know, if I could buy it, I would. And I've always taken personal style super, I don't want to say seriously, seriously sounds like I'm taking the fun out of it, but I think I just always been like a, a huge part of who I am, especially as an adult, um, like at, towards the end of high school onward to now, you know, I'm 31 now. Um, and I think I cared immensely about how I looked and I've, you know, like anyone else, like I ex- experimented a lot. And the mm-hmm. only way for you totally. to figure out how to dress and to, 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 to look good is, is to figure out what looks good and what doesn't look good. And sometimes you're going to buy stuff that doesn't look good and you can sell it. You know, if you're buying stuff that's like moderately nice to, to super nice, you definitely can, can sell it after. And, and I think that's something that's kind of amazing about men's clothing especially at this point in time is you can sell your stuff yeah um and you can recycle your closet and you can kind of start over but yep. i've i've been i'm trying to be pretty serious about at least like one in one out and lately i've been doing like five out one in yeah. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm, I'm never going to be one of those people that's like a minimalist with like five pieces in yeah. the closet yeah. I, I that i can't do either um i like to have a little bit of variety okay. but at the same time like i want to have a little bit less stuff too um, much can be stressful absolutely yeah. and so even just packing for this trip like you know i packed a really small like carry on luggage and, yeah. and it fills up quick. Yeah, and, and I it, know. It, it can be stressful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And even I wanted to save some space. I knew I was coming here. I'm like, I should save a little space in my bag. I'm going to yeah, yeah, some yeah. stuff too. So, you know, it's funny. It's like the reason I asked that question too, is because I always felt like I could sort of tell even street photography, any sort of fashion photography, you can tell who's a fan and who's not, you know what I mean? Like you can tell when it's just shooting, and when it's you're shooting it because you you know what they're wearing, you know what I mean? Like because I, I mean definitely street style because that's how how else do you spot it? You know what I mean? Like I feel like when it comes to street style, you're putting so much of your own personal taste inside of it because you're choosing who you shoot and who gets mm-hmm. featured. Like so you you do it's like a rare opportunity where I think you have just as much say in the like in like the the taste level or whatever of what you're doing as you as you do because you're choosing who you're going to feature you you know what i mean i I feel like i feel like that at least maybe i'm wrong no no no, you're totally right i think that's what first attracted me to street style also is it was like a chance to to again you know in a way without blogging or physically writing tell people what i'm into yeah. Uh, through someone else yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know that's like, again that's what I've been able to do with five fits is is here are people that I think are like some of the best dressed people in the world and uh, you know I'm not taking ownership of their style but like sure. it is a way to be like to, to showcase your own personal correct. absolutely yeah exactly yeah. and so you know I think there are some street street style photographers that do it really really well or or did do it really, really well. And yeah, they were always dressed pretty cool. Um, you know, Tommy always had like really cool stuff on, uh, you could tell he was a fashion nerd. Absolutely. And that's how he knew who to shoot. You know what I mean? He will tell you he's a fashion yeah. nerd and like yeah. he, he has an archive of clothing that he doesn't even wear. You yeah. know, he buys stuff and just to just keep, it, it. keep it on yeah. ice. He loves clothing. I don't know if I know anybody who loves clothing as much as, as much yeah. as he does. And it's obviously pretty apparent. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah he's, totally. he's, a, he's a fashion phenomenon. Do you have any like, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of how I'd word it, but do you have any like, uh, like maybe horror stories about doing any of this street style? Yeah. Or what? Yeah. Street yeah, style. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's like, you know, there's, there's being turned down. Like you can shoot street style and not talk to people, but there's sometimes where you have to talk to someone to like it can yeah, be yeah, awkward yeah. or yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah. you're alone somewhere or even like you're not even near a show, but you're, you're in the city shooting street style. And is it a function of like, do they know if you're like legit or not? Or like, what's the, I guess I don't know like the protocol. I mean, I just, for me at least, it was always like a, a kind of just feeling it out. And like, if it felt like it was going to be awkward for me to just put my big camera in their yeah, face yeah, and yeah, I'll yeah, ask yeah. them. And yeah. I've had people like, 
you know, super nice about it, like down to do it, super nice about it, not down to do it. But then yeah. I've also had people that are like pretty rude about it. And yeah. that's always like kind of like core cutting and you feel like a little gross yeah. for a second. Get the fuck out like, of here, dude. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's like, oh, come I, even, on, I still have, yeah. you know, I do some weddings now, wedding photography and I still like, you know, I'll go up to people that take a photo and I can tell that they don't want me to. I'm like, yeah. this is kind of part of the fucking game. You're at a wedding. Like, yeah. I'm not, we like, all agreed. I, you know, yeah. I paid a decent amount of money to be here. Like, I'm not yeah. just like some guy with a camera. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, so that's been an interesting one over the years. Like every now and again, like I'll have people kind of react negatively and it's kind of strange to me. How do you get into, I know that you shoot like, uh, like, like wine and stuff too. Like, right. how did you get into that then? Cause that feels like a big, I mean, maybe not a big divergence, but different than fashion. It's certainly, def- no, it's definitely different. I mean, I think I just am personally into wine. Um, yeah. I don't love drinking. I don't love alcohol, but I, I, I do love drinking wine. And so, you know, obviously there's a little bit of like a menswear crossover with like natural wine too. Like there's like this thing that happened where like, you know, I think it's again, like it's another way to show up your, your personal taste yeah. and also yeah. it tastes fucking great. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really lame when people like try to kind of make it more intellectual than it is. Like you can just like something, you don't have to know yeah, how to like yeah. every word to describe it. Like you can just like natural wine. Yeah. 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 You can like it cause other people like it, but there's a reason a lot of people like it. But anyway, yeah, my, uh, my wife works at a vineyard on the oh, North cool. Fork and, um, they were a client of mine. They are a client of mine, but I don't, I don't work with them super frequently. Um, yeah. cause it's, they don't need a ton of content, sure. but, uh, yeah, I started shooting with a couple of vineyards out there. And one of the first huge projects that I got when I started freelancing was for a entity called the long Island wine council. And they oh, needed cool. someone to shoot like 30 vineyards in like two weeks. Wow. Hmm. Gave you like well, a lump sum of money and they were like, go have at it. it. Yeah. Like, and yeah. so that was like kind of my first like foray into like, doing it and I wish it panned out to more work because I met you know a lot of people a lot of different vineyards and I think I produced like really nice photos for them but regardless for me it was a great way to get a lot of stuff in my portfolio meet a bunch of people Um, but I would say I don't want to limit myself to one kind of photography at the same time. I know there's like this Jack of all trades, like master of none thing that can, that can yeah, happen. Yeah, and yeah. so I don't want people to think that either when they, <laughs> so it's like, it's been an interesting like ride of just trying to like figure out how to curate my like portfolio, how to kind of curate my Instagram. I think for me, it's just been keeping the tone similar all the way through whether it's like color grading or like literally like physical subject matter, totally. mm-hmm. the way I shoot. I don't know. It's a little bit hard to describe, but I think I've, Hopefully you done a good job of that. And I think it's kind of worked out for me. You know, I've shot headshots for people. I've shot architecture. I've shot some interiors. Um, I don't ever want to limit myself to anything in one way. Um, and I think that's what's kept it really fun and interesting for me too. And I mean, again, I'm, I consider myself extremely lucky to be doing something that I love for money. It's crazy. Um, but I've also have found a way to, I think to keep it fresh and it's just to kind of keep taking what comes like, I'm like, you know, I want to shoot wine because it's something that I enjoy. Uh, yeah. and it, out there, you know, there's some really beautiful vineyards. It's really not hard to take a nice photo. Yeah. Yeah. And I was going to say you're doing like, is it like kind of like outdoor landscape type stuff as well as maybe like process shots and the people or a little bit of it all. Yeah. I did yeah. like, you know, I did a couple I do product shots for, for, for my wife's vineyard, um, which is like not my favorite thing in the world, but the way we do it is cool. It's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, definitely like, you know, staff, like I think the thing that I do best is shoot people. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think especially candidates and I think especially people that are models. Like I think I shoot regular people really well. Yeah. I think I bring stuff out of people, uh, that, that is, has netted to me getting like a lot of work in like, you know, weddings and family stuff. And, and I like yeah. to do that stuff too. I don't, you know, I think at some point I had a epiphany that I just wouldn't be a huge fashion photographer. And obviously that was like a dream of mine when I was younger. And I'm cool with that, you know? I'm cool with, like, doing the mix of things that I'm doing now. I'm cool with being, like, a kind of, like, real heads no like, photographer. Like, if you fuck with Medsver, you probably know me. And, like, um, you know, I want to keep working with cool stores like yours. Um, I want to work with small brands. And, like, you know, small brands don't have a lot of money. And so it's – I'm lucky to be in a place where, I, you know, I have some bigger gigs – and then I can have like some smaller gigs yeah. and like, you know, I don't have to sweat the smaller gigs. Kind of balances all out. Yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not out here like trying to bleed like smaller stores and brands for money. Like I, yeah. I, I've been out uh, on the other side of it. Like, you know, I'm aware of like what people have like budget, like in their budgets. So yeah, yeah, yeah. if it's a big brand, I'm going to ask you for the money I think I deserve. But sure. if it's a small brand, I'm like, let's feel it out. You know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I like your brand or, you know, I think we'd work well together. And yeah, I think I treat, you know, I treat this like I treat anything else. Like I, I, I think I'm a good person. I think I like go into these relationships. Like I meet people. I'm never trying to get something from you, but mm-hmm, it's always mm-hmm. worked out in my favor that maybe, you know, I've been pretty nice to most people. And, and I think, I mean, yeah, the what, relationships 
or long lasting. We talk about it a lot too. Small world, mm-hmm. especially like in the world of clothing. And like you guys had met years ago. And yeah. in fact, one of Clayton's friend Leland, he was in town. And oh, yeah, he, I know Leland. Okay, yeah. So uh, again, yeah, small world. Knows he knows yeah. Leland from yeah. Chicago days, and it was just like, yeah, we're you know we just completed an entire circle just now. But yeah, it's really cool. So like you said, the forming the longer lasting relationships is, is inevitably going to be more fruitful than. Yeah, just trying to get the buck and dip out. Absolutely. I mean, I'd you know money is great, but yeah, um, I've always enjoyed meeting people. I always enjoyed working on the floor at Carson Street. Like I, I yeah, I, I just enjoy talking to people. I don't know. It's been a, it's something that uh, means a lot to me. And and you know, moving where I moved and things being a little slower, being back in the city once a week. Like yeah. I try to get coffees with people in between shoots. Yeah. I try to meet up with people as often as I can because it's it's inspirational, man. I get inspiration from just meeting people and just talking to people. It's like, fun. I mean, like if it, uh, yeah, at one point I had an opportunity. I didn't do it, but I had an opportunity to go back to my school and talk to, to group about fashion and stuff. And I said, you guys don't want me to do it because of the my biggest advice would be like fucking just leave. You know what I mean? Like fuck it. You just need to meet people. Make a move. You just yeah. need to meet people. Like that that almost everything that I've gotten in the fashion world or like it's all connections I made by just being out there, shaking hands, being also like you said being nice. Mm-hmm. I it's so silly it feels like, <laughs> but like it's not an industry where people are super friendly and nice and it's a little it's very gatekept and it was always like, look, I'm I'm just not going to that that's I'm not going to try to make up a personality to try to fit in. I'm just going to do my thing. I'm from the Midwest. It's just easier to be friendly and, and like yeah, it's yeah. worked fine <laughs> for me and it's, but it was just because I was willing to like go out there and talk to whoever wanted to chat and talk and connect online and just be really willing to like connect with people. Cause I think that's the thing now that's nice is like, it used to be that you kind of had to go to those places mm-hmm. and I had to work a bunch of shit jobs doing a bunch of stuff you didn't want to do yeah. working weird hours so that I could like make those connections. Cause otherwise I had no way. Whereas like now you can pretty much do it online. You know what I mean? Like, and you can, you can stay connected with people and check in on people and like, and you can create real relationships pretty easily on there. We've been doing it with customers and oh, yeah. you know, people like you and people like anybody in the industry, just cause it's, like I, I'd really like, I want to connect with the people that I think are good people and it's been like hugely lucrative for us mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah I mean I try um you know I get messages from people uh I don't have like a crazy amount of followers but I have enough followers that I think you know some people think I'm like yeah. inaccessible and like I you know I won't answer every single message because some are a little like over the top but you know I get messages from people that send messages that feel like messages I would have sent when yeah, I was 18 yeah, totally. or 19 yeah. and I yeah. will definitely respond. And, uh, I try to give people like advice if they're asking for it. I'm yep. just like unsolicited advice. I won't do, but like, you know, I, I, I try to pay that forward too, because I had a lot 100%. of people who paid attention to me when I really had nothing going on or no following or like not even any knowledge really. And, and, you know, this is like five hits that's coming out next week with this guy, Jeff Hilliard. I don't know if you know him. Yeah. He had a blog called Jay Hilla yep. and like he works at Hodinky now. He's like director of limited editions and he was like one of my first internet friends. Uh, it was him, Alex Delaney and then even Lawrence, like, you know, I didn't have, yeah. I didn't have much going on at the time and, and I don't even think my photos were very good, but he kind of like, and maybe he was getting a little something too with the free work. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of people that kind of gave me some oxygen, let's say when I, I wanted it. And so yeah. I try to pay that forward if I can, I try 100%. to introduce people to other people in the city. If I can do that, um, you know, within reason again, that somebody crazy that I know is going to harass like a friend of mine. I won't do that, but you know, <laughs> somebody like a real person that like needs some help with something and I can maybe help them. I, I definitely try to do that. hundred yeah. percent. Plus I think like you said earlier, like you talked about being hungry and like, that's uh, the kids that are really going to like run it. Like that's infinite energy when you're that age. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, I always try to like, anytime you can kind of like connect with that or like, you know, work with them in some way. Those, those, a lot of those people will pass me or pass other. I mean, it's like it, that, that's the energy you, I, I want to work with still is mm-hmm. like, I want, I want that dog in them a little, you know? No, no, yeah. I agree. Cause I, as people, people have gotten really, really lazy. I mean, there's always been, again, just beating the same drum. Like people have always been lazy, but like, I feel like I go places and this is for me, at least post pandemic, there is a lack of drive in a lot of places. I don't want to be like on some like boomer shit, but like I go to like restaurants, people seem to care a little less sometimes. Like I go to clothing stores and people seem to care a little less. Um, and so when I see exceptional service, when I see like people that are attentive, when I see people are hungry like that, that sort of stuff, like, yeah. you know, it, it drives, totally. it drives me again. Yeah. And I'm yeah. Like, I want to yeah. help those people out if I can. hundred percent. I yeah. mean, it's like you said it earlier when you said you sent the, those embarrassing emails. I mean, to car street, I did when I got out of school, it was like, I wasn't done with school yet. I sent, I don't, it wasn't a hundred, but it was close. I know it would have been like 83 or something. Just any, I just looked up 
menswear boutiques and I looked for them to carry like XYZ brands. Like if they had those, I'm, I, that was my laundry list. And it was like, it was however many. Yeah. And I emailed every single one. I made every single one unique and I just like hammered it out over the course of like four days. I had this weird job where I like would fix printers for uh, the school. So I had like a lot of free time in between because I could really fudge where I was. On the <laughs> so and it was just banging out emails and it was like personal emails and I'm like someone will hit me back and like if I sent 83 I'd say four people got back to me and that is kind of how it is but like yeah. people, some of them gave me good advice on like my resume or like if, yeah, if you're interested in this I don't have anything but maybe check this place like yeah. the people yeah. that were friendly like I still know those people like they were you know what I mean so it's like I always try to do the same when, when I can like because you know obviously it's, it can be a lot but whenever I can or, or you can tell like someone's like exceptional or like you know especially hungry or something mm-hmm. I'm like I want to help those out because those are the people I'll see them later in this you know what Absolutely. i mean yeah. i mean i um my own example i i started working with alex mill recently i don't know if you guys yeah yeah yeah, of course. yeah, yeah. Um, they make really good stuff it's a really great value and i i ordered um one of their work jackets just as a fan you know i ordered yeah. a jacket online and when you buy something from them they send i don't know if they still do that but they send like a confirmation email uh-huh. um sorry they send like an email like it's a little more than a confirmation email like from the co-founders like in the emails the top were really the co-founders and they're like thank you for yeah. buying the piece like obviously it was probably an automated email but it really came from their emails yeah. so i emailed it back and i was yeah. like hey my name is chris fenimore i'm a photographer here's my work i'd love to work with you guys and yeah. you know they, they emailed me back and then they became a client and Sick. it's that kind of stuff where like you have to shoot your shot like it might 100%. not work but like it might work also yeah. because it's you never know who's checking what email you never know who's checking the the instagram accounts dm i would say like if you're going to send a message like that make it personable in a way and then you might get a response you might not but like what's what's the harm in, in sending a message i yeah. don't know sending People an email ask me all to like how'd you guys get all these brands well i'm like well first of all <laughs> number one it's connections yeah that i had to make for years that i had to like I did do you know I mean weird trade shows and wholesale things and weird shit yeah, I had to yeah. do where I sat on a floor for fucking 12 hours at a time with nobody coming to the booth. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and then like, and, and a lot of those connections were like guys that were also in booths that I would just shoot the shit with cause it was slow. And like, yeah. and like it's, it's a lot of that. And then a lot of it's like just being obsessive and crazy. I mean, we, when we got, we wanted to carry beams a long time ago mm. before like a lot of people were carrying beams. Mm. Could not get in touch. Went through LinkedIn, every, everything. Trust me, I know all the little techniques. I feel like if I this doesn't work out, my other thing is like some sort of detective. <laughs> and I, I, and the way we got in touch, I was like, hey, listen, last shot, I feel like I saw, there was actually two unique things. I saw this weird address that was in Brooklyn somewhere that looked like, I, we don't, I don't know what it was for, but it was, it was, some was random, connected somehow. Yeah. We just sent them a postcard with like handwritten note that was like, hey, we really want to carry your brand. We loved it for so long, blah, 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 blah. This long ass note. Didn't hear for, it was months. Two, three months. months. Yeah, yeah, it, it felt like it was a long a time. And they just got back to like, hey, we got this postcard in the mail randomly. And it was like from their headquarters in Japan. I was like, oh, shit. And then the other one was like, we, I always wanted to carry Come to Garcon. I had no idea how mm. on earth I would get in touch. That's a huge thing. I didn't know who you yeah, even yeah. We We'd looked through LinkedIn. We couldn't get in the, all those emails didn't return. Somebody somewhere... I think I know who it is, but I'm not going to dox them because that would be, they'd posted like a picture like on their Instagram story oh, yeah. and there was boxes in the back and I could tell there was like the Comte de Garcon logo. So I screen captured it, blew it up, blew it up, blew it up, <laughs> figured out what the, figured out the, e, the, the phone number on it, made phone calls until I got through to somebody and then that's how we got it. And yeah. it's like, it's like you have to be kind of crazy, you know, if you, if you want to be in this industry because it's not easy. So I think you have to be kind of crazy and then you have to find a way to, uh, balance it and act normal. Yeah. You have to know how to talk to people yeah. and you have to know how to, so I would say also like you really have to like make sure you kind of like can be, a normal person. I don't know. That yeah. sounds weird. Like it's a bit obsessive and a bit weird on one side and then sure. on the other side, you kind of have to like, and then be social. Like, I think we have all this stuff that like, you know, we grew up in like the hardcore communities and stuff like this in, in punk and everything. So we were like on the forums and shit. So I know how to use those tools to communicate. So you can use all that like nerd shit that you need, but then you can also, like you're saying you can like somehow you have to go out and like be a normal person in society yeah. and be able to like talk to people once you get the meeting. Yeah. I would say again, boomer shit. I don't know. You go out and talk to people. Like if you think you're a little antisocial, I know it's probably hard, but you have to get out there and like talk to people. I don't know if you go to a store and you talk to an employee yeah, yeah. and that'll help you out. But like, it, it's very different. Like almost tech. all of our employees, bro, are just guys that came in, chopped yeah. it up with us for a young right, right now. now yeah. I don't Ian think anybody's not. Yeah. 
Ian we knew yeah. coming in, loving capital, every two weeks come and spend yeah. his full paycheck, turn up. Chris, who's not here today, same deal. He's bought one of every single capital bandana. In fact, he's one piece away from collecting like the entire <laughs> canoe club, club yeah. or slow collaboration. Like and all that happened before he worked here. Um, Cooper was the same way. Cooper was the same way. I was the same way. I painted the signage. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I think that's very, I mean, at least for us, it's been very good advice. It's just like the people who come in and we know, you know what I mean? Yeah, be around. Because you know they are, you know, because an email is one thing, but you don't know the tone and then somebody comes in a bunch and you're just like the guy or just make a phone call to the place. We, I don't know how many times I've chopped it off with people over the phone. I, I've met, I've met customers I had from my old store in Chicago just because they called randomly. I'm like, I think I remember your name. And then it was like, (laughs) yeah. So it's like, it is a lot of like being able to like be a normal person also with being kind of an obsessive crazy yeah. human being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah, equal parts obsessive and normal and then you can be a, a member of the menswear community. That's all it yeah. takes. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do, I want to talk about one thing to change the subject entirely. You play guitar, right? I do play guitar, yeah. Yeah. Well, how, how long have you been playing guitar for? I never um, get to do this in yeah. here. So <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, yeah I, um, I think I've been playing for about 16 years now. Oh, wow. I, uh, you know, I was always into music. I got into Guitar Hero. Yeah. And I got very yes. good at Guitar Hero. And I got so good that I was like playing on expert behind my back. Yeah. Oh, no way. And then I was embarrassed that I was so good at a plastic guitar. And I didn't know how to play a real one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I got, you know, my parents helped me get a guitar. And... I just slowly learned. I taught myself how to play. Yeah. Um, I was really into a lot of post-hardcore bands. It was like weird, like noodly riffs and stuff like that. And I was into metalcore and that stuff like is, what? give me a couple of bands that I would <sighs> corny stuff like August burns red. I was super into at the yeah, time. Bro. Uh, fall of Troy was like, what still is their favorite band of mine. Oh, from the guitar. Hero. That first, that yeah. first yes. record. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. how I found them. FCP yeah. remix. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. That's, that's, that's yeah. how I found yeah. them. Yeah. I was like, I had never heard music like that before. And yeah. I didn't know what it was. And then like, there was also this thing in, you know, it was, it was kid in my high school. It's kid Danny, Gomes, who I thought was so fucking cool, and like this guy was like into like you know he showed me this band Circus Survive that is yeah. my actual yeah, favorite yeah, band, yeah, and yeah. like you know there was also that sort of thing. The same thing with the Discovery, right? Like finding these bands that like a lot of people still don't know. Um, so I had a bit of that where I was starting to like my my musical taste was expanding into like you know stuff that was technically proficient, like yeah. technically hard to play. And so as as I learned those things and kind of repetitively kind of taught myself these riffs. I got better and better at guitar. And like, I, I, you know, for somebody who has never been taught, I'm pretty good at guitar. Um, but then at the same time, if I, you know, if I was to go hang out with some jazz musicians and they're like, we're going to jam and be, I yeah. couldn't do it. It's guitar is an unusual, I think any, uh, instrument really is like this, unless it's like an orchestra instrument or something like that. Because I feel like I've known guys who were like really good. And then you'd go to like jam with them and they couldn't kind of like just fuck around. You know what I mean? And then you'd know guys who were like, weren't that are like were really like not that great musicians but could jam really well and mm-hmm. so you it didn't really like it's like a weird spectrum of like there's, what I mean, yeah what you, yeah there's there are different skill sets for sure and uh, there you know i was just having this conversation with a friend of mine i actually somebody i shot for five fits his name is tamino like cool artist like a cool. singer songwriter like you yeah. guys should check it out like really nice music um but we were just having this conversation about guitar like guitar knowledge like you know he knows music theory but and i don't know music theory but i it, we're just discussing that you know, you don't always need that to be able to play guitar. And it might be one of the only instruments where you can, you can learn the instrument without knowing there's numbers on it, right? Like there, there's, sure. there's, there, there are numerical pieces that you can see with your eyes yeah. uh, and you can learn that way. And that's how I learned. And, and, you know, at the same time, I, you know, I don't think I could do like a, a jazz jam, but like I could jam with like a band playing yeah, yeah, like yeah. A hardcore music or like, email yeah. like very easily. Yeah. Um, and there, there are, you know, there are a lot of like keys that I don't even know what they're called, but I know how to, I know where the keys are in numerical form on yeah. the frets. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it, well, and I think it's just probably the way you're learning it. Cause it's the same way. Like I, I played drums for eons, toured with bands, played in a bunch of different kinds of music. I can pretty much do, I feel like you could give me pretty much any kind of music and I can figure it out. I can't play to a metronome for shit. <laughs> like I can't even like, if they're like, if you're recording, they're like, all right, we're going to play the metronome for a second. I'm like you can do whatever you want. I'm not going to, it's not going to help me. <laughs> and it's like, I just need to hear it. I'm like, play it for a couple seconds. And then it's like, all right, I know what to do. Start it over. And then I can jump in. Yeah. I have no idea what that is. It's recording just, is a different beast. It's awful. Recording I like to do it. I love to do it. It's like a huge, it's like my main hobby, but it's a nightmare at yeah. the same time. Like, cause it's, it's a whole different set of skills and it's just constant frustration. It's true. I yeah. mean, I, um, yeah, I played in a lot of different bands too. And I was in this like weird one in high school that was like a metalcore band. The guy has become like infamous in the, in the like scene 
community. So like, I, I think I will keep that one a secret uh-huh. because I don't want people to find videos of me like fucking headbanging with yeah, these stupid yeah. songs. But, <laughs> but I started to play in this guy's band and he was writing very technically intense music and that helped me to get a lot better guitar too. Yeah. Um, and then I played, you know, the last band that I played in that I really loved was this band called spectator on Long Island. There was a, our singer was this guy, Dan Clemens who sang for this band Tomahawk chop, which was like one of my favorite. It's such a tiny, like could call it emo. You could call it like kind of like, uh, melodic hardcore, but, uh, like, yeah. not, but he's fully singing. There's no like screaming really. Um, but it was like, this was a tiny band that I thought was so, so cool. And then I met the guy and then I started yeah. to become like a, a part of this Long Island scene. And then like he was, was singing in my band. But the last thing I did, I wrote pretty much all the music and I was uh, not the lyrics, uh, not the melodies. Like I, yeah. I don't sing, but um, yeah. that felt so great. And I it's something that's been missing from my life for man, almost nine years. And yeah. so yeah. I, I would really, really like to get back to it. Um, I have three guitars. None of them are nice. And I'm thinking about selling two of them and, and finally getting myself something nicer. What do, I don't know. what do you want? What's the I, dream? I don't know. I mean, there's, there's, I can go a lot of different directions. It depends on what the heck I'm going to play. I sure. like, I, there was like a Gibson hollow body. That's beautiful. I think it's yes. Three thirty five. Oh, three thirty five. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Heavy ass guitar, but it's, it, it, it I mean, it does kind of anything. I've great. had a couple of them. Yeah. They're, they're great. I mean, it's like, like I said, they're kind of a pain in the ass. To, they're not like a most comfortable instrument right, in the right. world and they're heavy as shit if you're playing live, but like for recording, you can pretty much do anything and it sounds like really clear and clean it's a great guitar yeah i mean i think i'm gonna have to go to guitar center and just try a bunch of guitars and see what feels right um i would like to have like a metal guitar too like a just i don't know maybe even a seven string if I yeah, around yeah, with yeah. that uh in high school we used to go to the guitar center after school and we would just go play guitars <laughs> until they kicked yeah. us out like yeah. we would just be in there for like an hour and uh, we would yeah. do it almost every day and then yeah. at some point they'd come over and be like okay you gotta stop now but yeah. it, it's, it's yeah i love guitar so much i'm hoping to play if anybody's listening to this and you're in new york and you want to like jam hell yeah <laughs> you're available I'm down i'm yeah, available yeah. Yeah. You got a big pedal board too, or are you just nothing crazy? Play? I have uh, a really great delay pedal. It's from Strymon, and I'm forgetting the name of it. Uh, and it uh, has a ton. I can of, do all of them. Which I, one is it? Like the more stand, like a timeline. Yeah, the maybe, big one. It's a big one. Yeah, timeline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's fucking awesome. I love that pedal. <laughs> I've run all Strymon before, so I've had like I think I've had everything they made at no one, one point in time or another. I switch it up constantly, so I, I, I I'll do whatever. But the, the, I mean, Strymon like really is kind of like the cream of the crop, especially if you're like recording. And I actually just had that. I still think the Iridium, have you played that at all? No. The no. IR. Man, I like I don't think because I haven't had an what answer. Is it? So when my when my daughter was born, I had all this like great gear and shit. Like before she because we had it all down in like, like the, her room her now room. And I just couldn't keep it. And to be honest with you, like I had all these like I had this like weird custom sun amp that was like it was like six speakers on top of each other, like a PA that had been turned into like, you know, greenbacks inside. So it was like a ripper with a like an orange amplifier, and it was just this like super tall, weird, like super loud amp that I never turned above like two because you couldn't and but I but I wasn't playing live or anything so I was just accumulating all this like expensive physical <laughs> gear that I liked but I wasn't playing it. I mean what there was barely playing any of it couldn't record with it or I would have I would have had to I need I need a house out in the middle of nowhere yeah. so I like couldn't use it so I sold it all and then I start and I started like going okay I'm just gonna have to accept that if I'm gonna keep doing this I have to get like digital stuff I'm gonna have to go full digital and like their their I it's an IR so it's like it sounds like it can be like three cabs three uh, amps and it sounds better than most mic amps I've ever played. That's crazy. That's good intel because I, I, mean, I that's for four hundred dollars too. You know, what I mean, like that's what I'd spend on a little you know jazz combo or yeah, something. I, you know what I mean? I have um I have an orange like combo amp, but then I also have I like keeping the dream alive. Like I have this cab that a friend of mine yeah. that I played in a band with. His dad like toured with like the Eagles a bunch and like he built amplifiers Whoa. and so I have one of their cabs, um, and. Then I have like an orange, you know, head for yeah. it, and I, it's. We don't have many closets. We actually have no closets in our house because it's like a house from the eighteen hundreds, and <laughs> so the there's only, no room for the cab. <laughs> one of the only closets we have. I'm sure my wife loves this. Yeah. It's a, a giant cab sitting yeah. in there. <laughs> taking up space yeah. uh, but I'm like I can't get rid of it I no my, I have no interest in like owning some big house or anything but my only th- I would love to have a garage where I can just keep the stuff that I want to buy even though I don't need to use it because it's all so fucking big it I is. sold keyboards pianos I at one point had like 12 fucking guitars like I'd really been collecting them you play the everything you play a ton I can of stuff play, I can play whatever I, I'm like better at some things than others but yeah. like I can I can pretty much play whatever and so, then I was I really like because I just picked up because I wanted to play in bands 
so and so the first thing I ever played was drums just because I, I had friends that would they had everything else and I didn't have anything so I was like all right well then I'm gonna get you drums, play drums yeah. and so I learned I learned drums that way and then same thing I wanted to play metal the metal band that I wanted to play and they were like well we don't need anybody but a, ba- but a bassist and I'm like I know how to play bass and I'm like I did not know how to play bass <laughs> and and I so I just figured it out and same thing and I always had I had guitar since I was little because I was into music when I was a kid so I'd been doing this for a yeah, while yeah is but there it's like just, music in your family. Uh, no, just appreciation for it. I think yeah. everyone in my family just really loved music. And then, um, so we, so we, and we liked, uh, my, my mom and, uh, my uncle were big, like, you know, they're really into like the grunge phase and stuff. So like, I was really into like all that stuff at a really like mud honey, Nirvana, smashing pumpkins, all Alice that shit. Chains. Alice in Chains, all, all that shit. Like from a and silver chair was a big one for rain, me. I, rain when I die is like one of the hardest songs I've ever heard in my life. Even yeah. though I listen to like, I listen to like disgusting metal. It's like yeah. death metal. I listen to like grindcore. Like I listen to all that shit, but I like some songs are so fucking hard. And yeah. that's one of them, man. I fucking love that song. Yeah. It, it, some of that early grunge shit hits way harder than certain metal songs totally, that I totally. like. Yeah. Well, there's like, there, there's a weird thing that happens with metal sometimes where it can, it can sound very sterile. Cause it's like some of that shit is recorded so tightly that like yeah, yeah you lose yeah. some of that like nuance and it's like i mean also an incredible thing about metal there's some stuff that's so technical that i fucking love but yeah there is like uh emotion that sometimes lacks and somehow even though there's a guy screaming for yeah. an entire song yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like that Meshuggah stuff and all that. It's just, it just Ooh. sounds like jazz. You know I, what I mean? Oh, I fu- yeah. It is jazz. Yeah. I yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. love Meshuggah. Yeah. I love that. Um, we were supposed to go. Well, I, me and three of my friends, actually the guy who lives here yeah. in Denver, James Ralston, um, him, a good friend of mine from Carson Street, another one, um, and then our other friend, Nate, we were we were going to go to Meshuggah in the city. And we bought these tickets like a year out, I think. Yeah. Um, and then we planned our honeymoon, and it was when the Meshuggah show was oh, yeah. in New York, and I was like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember like, you know, being on our honeymoon and they were all there sending me videos and I was like a little too disappointed to not be yeah, there. And my yeah, wife yeah. was like, okay, dude, like we're on our fucking honeymoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry, you're not at the metal show. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. they were like, dude, you missed the fucking craziest show. And yeah. I was like, so bummed. So next time the sugar is, is around, I will not be on my honeymoon. I've, yeah. I've seen them a couple times live. It's pretty, I mean, it's, you know, they, they don't, they don't move a ton or anything. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a lot going on, but it sounds crazy. Cause it's all like, it's all DI and shit too, because it, they, somebody was telling me that they had done like uh a venue I played at a lot, they played at, and they were like, oh yeah, when they play, they have to go direct to everything because they're playing literally so fast that like the amps plus mics, they aren't picking it up quick enough. So it's like, it's fucking nuts, those dudes. It's it's, yeah. it's, it's such cool music. I love that last yeah. album they dropped. Um, I really want to see a show of Red Rocks. I Unfortunately, nothing was really happening while I was here, but I, I will come back. Where I, I still was, haven't been. My buddy and I were playing to like, you still haven't been? I still haven't been. Holy shit. It's freaky deaky. Only, it's crazy when you're there. I mean, there. it's a lot I mean, of EDM there shit. There were fucking people doing drum circles there. Yeah, 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 we yeah, went yeah. yesterday just yeah. to check it out. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. a funny little place. Yeah, I haven't been like, they. it feels like every time I look, it's either like, it's either like EDM stuff that I don't really know, or it's like Fred Zeppelin or whatever. It's a lot of like cover bands and yeah, shit. So I just yeah. haven't had like a I, reason to I grunt. actually think I would see a cover band there. If it was like a good Led Zeppelin cover band, I would go see that. It's probably good enough yeah, to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If I they would play see in that, there, it probably actually. sounds at least decent. But yeah, it, it's a really, I've mean, been a few times. It's so beautiful. Yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, we were talking about finding a show and I'll fly back. Because it's honestly, dude, it's a quick flight from Easy New York yeah, and yeah, like yeah. not too expensive. I had points oh. paid for it was points. Yeah. Oh, Easy. nice. Yeah. In and out. I mean, and Denver airports, it's kind of, I mean, it's, it's weird, but it's, like, it's easy to get in yeah. Like yeah. they do, they don't fuck around. I've oh, yeah. never had a poor experience in the airport and I've really? uh, flown out of here. I've lived here for like seven years, yeah. but every time. Great. On I, time. I, I got off the plane and I was like, saw like tornado signs and I was like, Ooh, that's a little alarming. Oh, a tornado shit. shelter. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah no, I think they had something recently, but I don't think anything came of it, but I think there no. was some, like, some but there was all those, uh, tornadoes in Chicago. Yeah. yeah like yeah. two weeks ago yeah. too. And, and then I also, I heard about Lucifer. I didn't see it for oh. my own self, but then I was like, Oh shit, do I, should I get a Lucifer tattoo on? You'll, 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 you'll see, see it when you come it, in. Yeah. You can't it's, miss it. It's sick. Yeah. I like Lucifer. I've seen photos of it. It looks fucking crazy. Yeah. He's huge. Big glowing, glowing red eyes. Yeah. You've read about all the shit about like the Denver airport, right? Sort of. Yeah, oh, you gotta check not? it out. It's you know about you know about shit. Lucifer. Why it's called that though? Because the guy died. Yeah, yeah right? it <laughs> fell on him when he was like three quarters of the way finished, and his brother actually finished the the art piece. That's so crazy. Yeah. It's and not, killed him, yeah. And when you look at it, you're like, why did the Denver airport think we have to have we, this? We yeah. need this yeah. stallion. Yeah, it does sound crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But All right. Well, we're kind of we're at the end here. What's the? Do we have a hot take today, Chase? No, nope. you, you didn't nope. have one. <laughs> no. Nope. Can we think of I one? I was too stressed when we were shooting to think of one. Oh yeah, they shot earlier, so they're bringing <laughs> 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 out. Uh, let's think here. Um, we could always revert back to food. You got one for that? You like fast food? Yeah, I mean, I grew up eating fast food. 
Let's talk oh, fast yeah, you food. said that your dad owned a bunch my, of Wendy's? He, he ran a bunch of Wendy's. Ran a bunch he was of a Wendy's. district manager at Wendy's. He, my oh, dad like worked man. his way up at uh, Wendy's. Like he he um like straight out of like high school, like just started working at Wendy's like a like a line cook and then yeah, he worked yeah, yeah. his way all the way up to district manager. I feel like that stuff is kinda hard to do these days. Like that's yeah, not yeah, really yeah, possible yeah, yeah. in this world anymore of it. Like he was yeah, for for most of my life he worked at Wendy's. And so I have like fond memories of like on Christmas Eve, like when the store was closing, like we'd go in there and like double fry the nuggets, like you take them out and then fry them again. Oh, like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. 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 Do you still fuck with Wendy's then or do you I don't really it? fuck with any fast food anymore. Sure. I have it's like not, we all agree it's bad for us. Sure, of course it's bad, good. but like there was there was you know, I was big for most of my life. So when I, you know, I was like 21, I was up to like 220, 220 pounds. And I, I started counting calories and like eating healthier. And I lost a bunch of weight. Then I lost like a little too much weight. And then I was like skinny, skinny. And like, I wasn't yeah. working out or anything. So I've had like an interesting journey. And now yeah. I like, you know, yeah. I feel like I'm pretty healthy now and out where we live. You know, there's there's so much good produce. Like, yeah, food is crazy out there. Yeah, right? we take yeah. like, we Hell take yeah. like health pretty seriously. At least I do. Um, yeah. And uh, so if we have, if I have fast food, it's, it's few and far in between, but like, I fucking love Shake Shack. Like okay. that chicken sandwich yeah. is crazy. That chicken sandwich is so crazy. Um, chicken sandwich is nuts. Like burgers are amazing. I was so mad coming here because we, I got off the, you know, I got into the airport and there was a bagel place and I like looked up on my phone in the terminal I was in, if there was like other stuff and it didn't say that there was. So I was like, fine, I'll settle for this shitty bagel place. And right after I got this terrible worst bagel I've ever had in my life, I w- walked around the corner and there was a Shake Shack right there. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one in Boulder. It's close. Yeah, Shake Shack. And it's Shake never Shack's busy great. here, so it's easy. <laughs> but why? Uh, what, what are you guys fucking with? Oh, I love it all. Yeah. <laughs> He's kind of a big fast food guy. I love fast food. Like, you eat it often? Uh, yeah, as often as I can. <laughs> No way. You do not look he's like taking, somebody who He's taking an entirely different approach. To, <laughs> yeah. to and, you know, knock on wood, I'm very fortunate that I can do it. Yeah. And, and, and what, what, like, what are you fucking with? I love Popeyes. There's a Popeyes, <laughs> like, really close to my neighborhood. And my girlfriend and I get it at least once every two weeks, at least when we're running errands on the weekend. I, but I love fast food. Does, like, Moe's count as fast food? Like, a burrito place? Like, the Chipotle? Oh, that's, like, fast casual. I yeah. feel like that's so in between. That's I the fucking, world I now live fast in. casual I love. Me too. Oh, let's Which, talk yeah. this. Then. Well, I mean, there's like a bunch of places in the city. There's Kava, which is like Mediterranean. That's what I want to talk about. Yeah. Kava is crazy. Yeah. Kava is like so much food. It's like such value. It's, mm-hmm. it's healthy. It's so mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Uh, there's a place called Naya that's kind of similar. Uh, it's Mediterranean, like fast yeah. casual. I don't know this one. Oh, Naya is Naya? great. N-A-Y-A. Yeah. You a sweet green fan? I was. I was. I was early on to Sweet Green. I remember they opened one near Carson Street. It was like one of the. It was the first one in the yeah. city, and they were giving out salads. Yeah, and they handed me a salad, and I was like, I was, "This shit is so fucking good." And the quality. I Sweet Green. If you're listening, you got to get your shit tight in the New York City because I go in these places and like service kind of sucks. Like the the salad is never consistent anymore. Like it's one of the things I used to love about it. It's yeah. just consistent flavor across all yeah, the locations. Yeah, yeah. So sweet green has kind of started to suck. I heard the one here is pretty good in Denver. At least. It's good. I don't yeah. think it's super busy. So yeah. when I, like you can get anything you want and it's all like, they really, mm. it seems like they're spending time dialing it. Cause yeah. they got the time on yeah. their hands. Yeah. I went yeah you go to a busy ass sweet green. There's fucking shit everywhere. It's like a whole other, <laughs> it's a whole other thing, but I want them to get their money. I love sweet green. I went so. uh, somewhere yesterday in Denver. I'm forgetting the name of it. That was a fast cat spot and it, what'd you get um i got uh it was like a grain bowl with like sweet potato and and my friends got like a miso cod or salmon thing with like was this the is this the, the one that's here the um it's was not, that by the mall it's not in new york yeah i think it is hold on it's the, we know what it is we have it <gasps> flower child flower yes. child yeah yes. Yes. flower child was also great yeah. that was fucking great i got, I got, I got, I got, I got a kombucha on tap that was delicious yeah. bro they do they do in the summer they do like a like a summer vegetable medley thing and it's like you know just cooked zucchini and squash but it comes with like a cilantro dipping sauce and crazy they also have like oh, a gluten-free so like lemon muffin situation oh, they're so good it's Ooh. so it's it's insane you can keep it in the you can you can buy one today eat it five days later it's still moist somehow yeah. wow dense gas that's good that place yeah. is sick they don't yeah. have that in new york flower child come to new york flower yeah, yeah, child yeah they need to expand God, I hope th- is that, are they just here is that I actually don't know. don't know. I've only ever seen it here in Boulder and then out by the mall. Yeah. Out yeah. by the John Elway it's steak good, restaurant. Though. It's yeah, fucking it's great. Good. All right. Well, that's a good enough hot take. Yeah, we'll take it. Yeah. We just like to talk, Thanks for doing talk this, food. Yeah, This is really you. fun. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. We I say vote. all the time. It's like cool that like we just keep, we get like the, for, the podcast has allowed us to like, not just like message people to be like, oh, let's just talk for an hour. Cause otherwise when would we get the chance? And it's yeah. been yeah. like fun yeah. to do. Yeah. It's fun to bullshit. It was great to hang with you guys. I mean, I, the only podcast I've done so far is Alex Delaney's actually. Oh yeah. 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 So we gotta get him cool. on. All right, man. Well, appreciate it, bro. Yeah, thank All you, right, man. Yeah, been a pleasure. Nice to see you.